Welcome back to the program. We're going to get started with the scripture reading and a prayer led by Father Lewis. Our scripture today comes from St. Paul's first letter to Thessalonians, chapter 5. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, cheer the faint-hearted, support the weak, be patient with all. See that no one returns evil for evil. Rather, always seek what is good, both for each other and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from every kind of evil. Good and gracious God, as we receive the encouragement and the teachings and admonishments of St. Paul through his writing, uh, we ask you to help us to live this out as we continue to celebrate and put to work the graces we received by virtue of your Son's death and resurrection. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I appreciate you uh, being with me today. We're, we're recording this during the octave of Easter, and it's uh, just the concept of an octave is, is a striking one, because it, it has to do with that idea of overflow. Mm-hmm. You can't, it's uncontainable. Right, mm-hmm. the, the reality that a feast is uncontainable in a day. Uh, how are you experiencing the octave quality of Easter so far? So far, actually, um, just because of a variety of things going on at the parish, it feels like Holy Week extended. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, that's just because of some of the stresses of going on. We're in, in the midst of conducting a you know principal search, our principals on an interim basis. So, so he's throwing his hat in the ring for a long term basis. And that's just a lot of a lot of stuff going on and other things going on. So, I mean, I'm trying to displace that and keep in mind the larger concept that that Jesus is risen, truly is risen. Um, but I suppose, you know, this is a reminder to me that that happened, the, the resurrection event happened, and, there, and, the, and death is conquered forever. Uh, but, you know, there's still going to be some sufferings in this life, so, <laughs> so I'm trying to just uh, power through. But, yeah, it feels more like Holy Week extended than the Easter glory uh, for which I long. Well, let's go to that. Let's, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Holy Week extended. Uh, the sacred triduum happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, any highlights for you? Anything jump out at you? I know there's a lot that un- gets unfolded over Holy Thursday, Good Friday, mm-hmm. even Holy Saturday, and then the vigil, and then Easter itself. So that was a... Really easy question that can go in a hundred directions, but I'd love to hear a little bit about some of uh, what it was like for you pastoring St. Mary's through the uh, through the Sacred Triduum. The Triduum, uh, any given year, is is one of my favorite times of the year. Um, the The liturgies are beautiful. I mean, the liturgies are really, in, in, in my mind, how I approach it is one extended liturgy told in three parts. And if you're able to attend the Triduum in the same church. Um, you know, you see it visually in action. How we got the kind of a simple decorations of of Holy Thursday, the simple Last Supper, everything is start Good Friday, and then everything comes back in glory with extra flowers, all these candles, everything. So even just visually, you see the the liturgy unfold, and and the whole, um, you know, the whole what they commemorate, of course, the the three pivotal moments of these last days of Christ, his Last Supper, the Apostles, his Passion and Death, and then his rising again. Uh, so anyway, for those reasons and more, it's one of my favorite times of year. But this particular year, one thing that was um, an added element that we did kind of in the metro area here in Spokane was um, one of our priests reached out to to all of us uh, pastors 
to see if we would like to participate in kind of the seven churches pilgrimage um, devotion, which I think is a thing in Rome, but 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 um, a lot of dioceses end up doing this, where the idea is that through the course of Holy Thursday night, you make a pilgrimage to visit seven churches that have altars of repose set up for, uh, and then you you pray in each of these locations. Uh, you don't get to pray probably a full holy hour at each one because you just run out of time. But anyway, St. Mary was one of those seven this year. I, I quickly volunteered for that, and um, and I stayed the whole time. Um, normally, I, I just kind of close the chapel when the last person leaves, and usually it's between 9 and 10. But I stayed the whole time not knowing who was going to come and when. And um, and it was it was a good crowd. It was a way better response than I anticipated, considering I don't think we've done this before. And especially during the 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock hour that night, I think that the whole space was, was filled to the, to the brim with staying room only as people were coming and going. And that was pretty powerful to see that... Uh, I can tell you why. Why is that? You were the only one open after 10. Are you serious? Yeah. hey oh. <laughs> I can tell you why, too. Because I was left uh, grinding my teeth and crying to get entrance to parishes that were locking me out. I was locked oh. out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so the cathedral was shut, the oh, Sacred wow. Heart was shut, Our Lady of Fatima, they all, they all shut down by 10. Oh, wow. Yeah, I stuck so it out I, till midnight. I went in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh. I went in the wrong direction. So our family did it. Uh-huh. You, yeah, you I saw you guys our, come. You saw our yeah. family. So we went in two, two, two um, shifts, I had a I sick kid at home. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we watched the uh, Holy Thursday live streamed. It was a real interesting thing because, you know, I had made a... Um, Lenten commitment. I get to daily mass regularly, but I made a commitment in Lent to go every day. And what's the one day I didn't get to mass live? <laughs> oh no! Holy Thursday. <laughs> I mean, how does that happen? I'm like, all right, Lord, it's a gift. Going to mass is a gift. It's a gift, and I, and I still shared in the gift in a live streaming way. Mm. But it was it was just so different. Yeah. It was just so different. So, um, so my uh, family was generous enough where someone came home, mm-hmm. so that I could go out. Uh, so I could do the seven churches. So I was tracking after my kids and, and Carrie, who did it. And we never bumped into each other. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, uh, when I got to Sacred Heart and it was closed, and I, and I called Carrie, and she said, well, we just left there a little while ago. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at the times because they posted on time. I didn't see that column. Oh. It was like on the on my phone. I didn't see the column of when the churches closed. They all closed at 10. And they all closed. Well, some of them closed at 9. Wow. Yeah, and I'm like, this isn't very helpful. So they they were closed pretty quickly. So I, you know, just, but you were open, Father. You were were open. I appreciated that. Yeah. But I started with you, which, you know, (laughs) that that was the convenient one to start with. So I started there and just started making my way around. And Uh, I got through like four churches. Okay. And then... (laughs) And then there was no more room at the inn, and, and that's where the, the kept what, out, out, out the grinding dark, in the dark the wailing, outside. That's right. Your lamp oil ran out. Grinding of teeth, <laughs> but it was cool because I um, I bumped into I bumped into the seminarians. Mm-hmm. It's good, the mm-hmm. good seminarians. Mm-hmm. And, well, they the, came in two or three shifts as well. You bumped into some of them. I saw. I bumped into two different groups. Yeah. Okay. Two yeah, different groups yeah. of seminarians. Uh, one was with Father Ratuiste, mm-hmm. and one was with uh, Father oh, Father Burnett. Father Burnett. Yeah. Um, oh, and there was a couple that were by themselves. Yes, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, so there were three, the church, yeah. kind of like three groups. Um, anyways, well, they better be doing it because this was for vocations. Right. Right, <laughs> for priests and for vocations, so let's go. Anyways, it was uh, it was really cool yeah. uh, to, to go through that, um, to, to, to do that 
Um, and I hope it builds up. Yeah. I hope it builds up, and I hope churches stay open longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can yeah, actually that surprises me. I thought that uh, I thought more of them would have stayed open longer. That surprises me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. We'll try oh, again next year. But you know what was really neat? Um, I also bumped into a group of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say John Vianney. Uh, okay. Yeah. This, like I got there, I'm like, wow, this is pretty crowded. And then all of a sudden, this whole group of men got up at the same time and left. I'm like, oh, wow. It's kind of like a men's group Yeah. that were like, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. So they probably ended up there. Yeah, I think they came to St. Mary after you. So they must have been going the other direction because, okay. uh, yeah, I remember them. There were two or three groups of women of And of there was a group of women I bumped yeah. into as well. And then there was a large group from Eastern Washington University. Oh, wow. Uh, they came okay. with a couple of their focus missionaries. And, nice. um, and they all came in together. And then they, they stayed through much of that 10 o'clock hour. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I miss them. But uh, I did the seven church walk in Rome. It, okay. took, it took all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we left at like 6.30 in the morning, and off we went. So which seven? Are they the four major basilicas? Yeah. And then, and then St. Lawrence? St. Lawrence. And then Santa, Santa Croce, Croce. And then what's the seventh? And there's... Um, Is I don't it the one at the top of the Spanish Steps? Is it that one? Oh, Holy Trinity? Holy Trinity. I don't... You know what? I have to look it up. Okay. I don't remember. Okay, I, yeah. I always knew it was those six. I never could remember what the seventh one was. Yeah, but. I don't. It was a you know, it wasn't one of the most prominent ones. Right. Um, but they spaced them out. Let oh, me tell yeah. you, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the first. Especially the you, you start. You're supposed to start at St. Peter's, uh-huh. and the North American College is right near St. Peter's. But we ended at St. Peter's. Okay. So we went out to the furthest distance, which was St. Paul outside okay. the walls. So that's where we started and then worked our way back from there. So it took like an hour and a half to make it out to there. Anyways, <laughs> it was uh, it was great because it was, um, you know, even though you eventually you do, you know, talk and all of that, you have a mindset that is, I'm doing this for a reason, yeah. right? And so that the idea of having a pilgrimage quality and focused on the Lord and visiting him and being grateful for... Mm-hmm. You know the you know all these different people you're praying for all of that, mm-hmm. um, so I love it. I thought I was really excited um, when Carrie Carrie sort of told me about it, and she, I don't even remember how she found out about it. I think she I think s- the diocese put out a flock a diocesan flock note. Okay, so she yeah. found it on the um, cathedral website okay. when we were like looking up times of different um, services. Like, well, what time does the um, vigil start on mm-hmm. um, on Holy Saturday night, and uh, and she saw that she's okay. like, oh hey, here we go. <laughs> Which my kids were, there was great rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were not rejoicing. <laughs> they were, but you know what? It was good for them. They, yeah. I, I think it's um, this is one of those customs that I would really encourage parents to do is build into their kids the uh, the idea, the tradition that. Not only do you attend services on the Triduum, like it's just it's not a thing that you don't do it, but that you go full meal deal. Mm-hmm. Like we really like full meal deal, mm-hmm. and so we give them the ability to kind of influence it a bit, uh, but there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. So uh, on Good Friday, we do the stations and we do the um, uh, commemoration of the Passion. Um, and so my boys had a basketball tournament that day on, on yeah, good <laughs> Friday and Holy Saturday. And, and so we let the, the coach know, um, that look, first of all, if we do this, 
We're not involved Saturday evening. We're not involved in a way that's going to impact our Good Friday celebrations. And so they ended up um, going to going with me to St. Charles on Good Friday because it was the only church that had the commemoration service at three in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, everybody else had it later in the evening. Later in the evening, I think the cathedral might have had it at noon. I think that I think well, they did it when I was stationed there. Yeah, yeah. So they did it at noon, but there was a like so the coach, which was really kind of cool. He called him up and said, "Look, we want to participate, but you know, these are all faith-filled kids. Mm -hmm. We can play this time and this time and this time, and if we make it to the finals, we're just forfeiting because we're not going to play on Easter on the during the Easter vigil or on Easter Sunday." So, <laughs> but so we're we're willing to sign up and play under those conditions, and they're like done. All right, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, I just think that's really neat. Yeah, so it's too bad they had that tournament, of course, that weekend of all weekends. It I must know. be like you know maybe they line up like the first week in April and kind of a thing, and it just happened to be a coinciding with Easter. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, who I, know who plans these things? <laughs> someone that's obviously not Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and honestly. Um, so, you know, I, you know, our kids, they, they go to the Oaks, which is a classical Christian school. We get to see the difference between the Catholic Church's approach to not just Lent, but in particular Holy Week, and then in particular within that, the Triduum. Mm-hmm. Because almost nobody has a, um, a Holy Thursday yeah. celebration, though some friends of ours did do a, um, a Seder meal yeah. mm-hmm. with members of their church. Yeah. And then... Um, a smaller number, a much, much smaller number, did something on Good Friday, but I don't think it was nearly as robust yeah. as, as what we Catholics do. Yeah. And then I'm not sure how many folks actually do an Easter vigil versus yeah. Easter Sunday morning, Easter Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure of how many either. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a great opportunity for our kids to witness to the, like, sort of the fullness of the liturgical reality of um, how we are called to participate in the passion of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, so I thought that was that was really cool. Um, so, Father, uh, anything else you want to say uh, about sort of your journey through the the Sacred Triduum? We have about a minute left before we hit a break. Uh, well, it was a, it, you know, I was really happy too with uh, the turnout that we had at St. Mary uh, for all the services during the Triduum. Um, I mean, a lot of people were really coming out to to make the deep dive, and um, I thought maybe Holy Thursday, Good Friday, maybe have a maybe 150 people, but I think they were each like a good Sunday Mass. And then Sunday came, and it was a really great Sunday Mass. I mean, nice. there's, it was like one of the standing room only kind of thing in the back. Two of the Masses were that full. So I was, I was really happy with the turnout as well. I love yeah. that. People responded very joyfully. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, there was something else I was going to say to you about that. It was, um, hmm. oh, Kissing the Cross. Oh, yeah. Did you notice anything? Like, did you have the corpus on the on the cross on Good Friday? I did not. You no, did not. No, we did a plain cross. So, at St. Charles, we, there was the crucifix, right? So there was actually a corpus, and I watched. Everybody kissed Jesus. Yeah. Except <laughs> me. I kissed the cross, and I just thought that was so interesting. So, because yeah. we had that conversation last week. Yeah. All right, we're up against a break. Back in a minute with more sound insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. 
If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnum with Father Jeff Lewis, and we are uh, talking about we're we're in the afterglow. We're, we're actually recording this during the uh, during the octave during the octave of Easter, and um, and so so Father, I I, I do want to dig further into that, but I I want to I don't want to keep you in suspense any longer. <laughs> You're going to do some living discernment with me. All right. And um, it, 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 I think it's something that I don't know how many folks that are listening will will face this kind of circumstance. Actually, I think well, pretty much you all do if you have teenagers. So here's here's my question. So you're someone that appreciates movies and music, and um, not just sacred music and like movies like The Passion of the Christ. And so the question becomes. How do we help our kids navigate what they watch and what they attend? Okay, so you know there's a, there are general guidelines that if thing is manifestly evil, mm-hmm. on the one hand we avoid that, right? Uh, or just disgustingly offensive, mm-hmm. we avoid that. Uh, on the other hand, if there there's you know music and movies that glorify God. That's easy. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer, right? You can watch God's Not Dead or The Passion right. of the Christ or mm-hmm. Therese uh, or Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, so there's there's this sort of, let's call it the black and white. Okay. It's dealing with the gray yeah. that I want some help with. This okay. is This is a living, real question. And John Mark has said to me, have you asked Father Lewis yet? And I said... <laughs> I'm going to ask him on the live <laughs> on the radio. So this is a real situation unfolding. Uh, now, when folks listen to it, it's in the past. So tomorrow night, there is a concert coming to town, Journey. Okay. So you know the the the, the ro- called a rock band. group, the great yeah. '80s band, Journey. Though uh, most of the uh, most of the people in the band are probably close to 80 yeah. at this point. <laughs> So there are a couple of old guys, OGs, mm-hmm. that are, are still in the group, but most of the group is gone, mm-hmm. right? So even, what, is it Steve Perry? Is he the most famous guy, the long-haired main singer? I think so. so he's been gone for decades. Uh-huh. So they have a, a guy in there that I never even realized. Okay, so they're coming to town and having a concert, and there's another group that is opening for them, Toto. Oh, do you remember the that? original Toto? Yeah. The one-hit wonder, Africa? Is that what it is? Okay, okay, Rains yeah. In, whatever it's called, Rains in Africa. All right, or, all yeah. right, there yeah. we go. So they, um, and I think there's another one called Hold the Line or Toe the Line. Uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, like I don't even know what if that's the, the words. Da-da-da, yeah. love mm. isn't always on time. I'm not going to something. Yeah. Okay. Sing so it, Tom. They don't, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> So they only have a couple of songs that you know they're probably known for. Maybe a yeah. one-hit wonder. Okay, so um, so John Mark is saying to me, so he's going because he enjoys their music, but it, it only got like introduced to their music through um, uh, I think um, a movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So I think that one of their songs because they you know they kind of did the remix tape as part of their movie. Yeah. 
And so I think one of the songs was a Journey song. So he started listening to some Journey songs on like Spotify or whatever. And, um, and so he, you know, it's snappy. It's kind of, you know, kind of fun music in some ways. But he said to me that there are like three songs that have certain lyrics that are not morally upright. Okay. And, and like referencing either like it's an allusion towards fornication. Okay. Right? Like lying next to you kind of thing. Okay. And there's no direct indication that they're married okay. in the song. Um, like I think one's called Open Arms and Faithfully. Like mm-hmm. these are like famous songs. Yeah. But there are some lines in these songs that are not honoring the Christ. They, they don't um, clearly manifest church teaching mm-hmm. in, in terms of the moral values. Mm-hmm. And so his question is, am I committing a sin by going to that concert if there are like a small number of lyrics in a small number of songs that are not Christ-honoring? Okay. And so I can tell you how I was answering because I I've just I've dropped this on you like yeah. a bomb live on the radio. Here you go. <laughs> so I I said, well, you know, there's black and white. Mm-hmm. But I said, we're talking about something that's gray. Yeah. And then I said, well, if we're going to like evaluate this, there's two ways to evaluate it. One is how does it sit with your conscience? Mm-hmm. Like what can you do versus what is more objectively right? Sure. Now, he's going because it's a buddy of his from school. Um, it's his birthday. Okay. And his dad, who loves Journey, mm-hmm. and he's a very devout man of faith, mm-hmm. a man of like real deep faith and integrity and, and really talk about hold the line. The guy is raising their kids in a way that is very um, protective of their innocence and all of that. But mm-hmm. he enjoys the music. So he's going. So, you know, the dad of this junior in high school is going to the concert with his son and with a couple of John Mark's friends. Okay, so here's the question. John Mark is like, can I go? I'd like to go. I'd like to go enjoy enjoy most of the music. I don't like a couple of those words. And so I've used a couple of um, approaches. One was, can you redeem the song? Mm-hmm. Like in your mind, even though the intent of the writer of that song may have been portraying a relationship that is immoral, can you, in your mind, redeem it by saying, I I don't see that from the context of this is an immoral relationship, but I see it in the context of a married relationship, or I just don't say that what he's describing there is, in fact, fornication, but mm-hmm. rather just something that is more innocent. Yeah. Okay, so can you redeem the song, uh, number one? Number two... Um, in terms of conscience, is this like St. Paul eating meat sacrificed to idols, right? So in, in Romans okay. and 1 Corinthians, there's that idea that at the first century, you know, you had this meat brought to temple for the idols to eat. Well, they can't eat anything. So then that was sold in the market. And so you had some early believers who maybe came from the practice of that false religion, that... that um, pagan religion now they're christians okay and so they're like i can't eat that meat because that is a sign of participating in the act of worship that is idolatrous 
Okay. And I'm leaving that behind. And St. Paul is like, well, it's a false god. It's not a true act of worship. It's not real idolatry. I can eat meat all day long, but I won't eat meat ever again if it's going to scandalize you, the weaker brother. Right. So I said to John Mark, you know, if, if you are like St. Paul, then you can eat meat. You can attend that concert. You can enjoy that music. You can say no to the immorality that's there because, you know what, this is the gray world we're living in. And, um, and so um, you, can, you can actually, can you do that? But if you can't, then don't go. If, if it's going to be a matter of conscience for you where you feel like I'm doing something that is akin to, maybe not the same as, but akin to, uh, worship of, of a false god, it doesn't glorify Christ, and therefore I'm going to be committing a sin by attending the concert just because of the few words and a few songs, and then who knows what else might happen during the concert, mm-hmm. then, um, then don't go. Mm-hmm. But if you can redeem it, if you can realize that, no, I, I can enjoy the music without affirming what they intend by certain lyrics, right. okay, Whew, this is like a I got about I got about four responses. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I've got one last one okay, that I used, go. and that yeah. was for First uh, Timothy, where Paul says to Timothy, "Hey, drink some wine. It's good for your stomach, right? Uh-huh. So it's a created good." And I said, "Wine is a created good. It's not evil, but for some people, it could lead them down a path of sin. Right. So <clears throat> it's not a sin to go into a bar. You can go into a bar and you can drink, uh, but." you don't drink to excess because now you've fallen into sin. So I said, music is like wine. It's a created good, and you can enjoy music without falling into a dark use of it. So those are all the things that I came up with. None of them were satisfactory. For you or for John Mark? For John Mark. Okay. Well, let me try. So first of all, just a caveat at the beginning, I, I don't think I'm aware of the exact language of the lyrics, so just take that as a, you know... Uh, you know that that may color the rest of my responses. I just don't. I, I'm 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 responding with uh, with less than all the facts. Okay, so, um, but there's a lot of ifs, ands, buts, maybes, and all this going on. You know, does he know for sure what was the intent of the songwriter? Does he know for sure that it's actually uh, not just implying but explicitly stating this is an unmarried situation that it's going to lead to this? It sounds like from what you're describing that that's. All, all of that is not for sure. Even the larger context can still, you know, maybe that is John Mark's interpretation of the lyrics, whereas if I read the lyrics, I might not even see that at all. And so that's not to say anything wrong about John Mark's interpretation of the lyrics. It's just that's one person's interpretation of the lyrics. And so the distinction, I think a key distinction between that circumstance, the, the music and the sacrificing me to idols, that would go back to the intention of the original purpose of that, of that product, so the intention of the meat was offered to sacrifice, and maybe that's where the problem is. But, but it seems like it's an unknown. What was the intention of the songwriter with this particular, you know, this particular verse? If if that's an aspect of what makes it problematic. Yeah, at least in one a... of the songs, it's a kind of an implication. Mm-hmm. It, the implication is, if you read into it, the idea that you're lying next to each other mm-hmm. is implying, but doesn't necessarily express the idea that you're being intimate that in a yeah. way that's inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but you know the you know, but I mean that still means that there is room for a gray area, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, um, let's let's imagine there isn't though. Let's make it clear and say that yeah. on a couple of songs there are expressions of immorality, yeah. like um, 
adultery yeah um mm-hmm. or or fornication mm-hmm. like those would probably be the things that are um most expressed in a couple of these songs mm-hmm. and uh, what I said to him was, I've sung, you know, like, I'm definitely aware of those songs. They were super popular and all that. And I maybe even have sung some of them. Not that it was a big popular group of mine, mm-hmm. but it never really, like, he's not afraid that it's going to wash over him and sow seeds in him that will lead him into immorality. Into his, yeah. It's more, am I supporting? Am I celebrating this by attending or listening to it? Yeah. And singing out loud the lyrics of a right. song that are... And um, even then the question might be, is the song, even if it explicitly mentions it, is it celebrating it? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's, I can't remember the group. I think it's some kind of, you know, like a Dixie Chicks kind of group. They have a song. It's like, it's like Earl's Dead. And, and um, I think that's what it's called. But, but the song basically celebrates their cons- conspiracy to, to murder this guy, Earl. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that not only do they explicitly mention the murder, uh, they celebrate it. Whereas if they mention a murder, like you can listen to Johnny Cash's song, um, I think it's uh, the song where he's um, uh, in Prison Blues or something like that. He has a line in there, I killed a man in Reno just to watch him die. That's, you know, that's awful. But the larger context of that song is he's kind of just telling the story of how he ended up here kind of a thing. And he's just a low, low bum, don't live like me kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can even, just because something's explicitly mentioned, you, the larger context, is it celebrating it or is it just mentioning it? Or is it actually, you know, setting something up for, for don't do this, you know, kind of a thing. I mean, there's, you see how this gets complicated. It kind of, right. It kind of gets into a fact. There's another, well, I'm looking at the song faithfully and and I can see says, and being apart ain't easy on this love affair. Two strangers learn to fall in love again. Um, but this doesn't, it doesn't look like he's talking about, um, a girlfriend versus a wife. And he's certainly not talking about adultery. He's mm. he's saying it's hard to be married to a music man. Or it's hard to be with and loving a music man ain't always what it's supposed to be. But you stand by me, I'm forever yours faithfully. So it's actually yeah, that's actually is that, a, is that's that a line? good song. This is I think that was one of the lines okay. he was saying is that it says the I'm word a... love affair, oh, okay. uh, but it's not saying that. Um, See, I would I would interpret the larger context of you know I, I'm aware of that lyric and the. The lyric is like, because he's a music man, he's on tour all the time. He's away from potentially, you know, maybe it's his wife. It doesn't explicitly say that. So it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're lovers. They're, let's say they're married. But because they're spending so much time apart, he comes back maybe a completely different person for a while that they are like strangers. They have to learn to fall in love again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could kind of sing the same thing about the traveling salesmen or these kind of things because of the time they spend apart. Um, so anyway, that's my interpretation of that lyrics, you know. But I'll go back to intentionality too. I think that is an aspect. There's a popular song from the late '90s, I think, called um, called uh, "Closing Time." Now, the first time I heard this song, if you listen to the lyrics, it sounds very much on the outside, like like you're. It's celebrating the the hookup culture that happens in bars. Mm-hmm. But then I read a, an article. I don't know what the article was about, but actually the 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 guy who wrote that song, it was all a metaphor for the birth of his firstborn son and uh and, and the marriage, you know. And so, you know, he he wanted to write this song and they were and, and they were like, Well, it's gotta be something that's catchy for college kids and he said, Well, okay, I'll do like closing time. So anyway, it's it's an interesting and now that I know that I listen to the song, that's all I can hear. Yeah. 
And so a repetitive thing in the refrain is, you know, I want you to take me home tonight. Well, it's his son saying to his mom, take me home tonight, get me out of this hospital. That's mm-hmm. how he, that was his intention as he was writing it. So there's a, a song called Baby Baby by, um, what's her name? Uh, Grant. Uh, Christian. Cary Grant? No, no, no. Oh. Christian Amy. singer. Amy oh, Grant. Amy Grant, okay. Amy Grant, baby, oh, Grant. baby. That's I'm taking with the notion <laughs> yeah, to yeah, love Amy you Grant. with the sweetest of a, uh, devotion. She's actually singing about her daughter, not about a lover. Yeah. But the video is her with a guy. Oh. But the song's intention is actually about her child, singing okay. to her child. So you're right. And I'm actually looking at this other song, Open Arms. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be taken in a way that's sinful. Yeah. It's so interesting. All right, back in a minute on this more of this conversation. This is real life stuff. As Father just said, it's real life stuff we're dealing with today. And we're dealing with it live. This is like a live counseling session. So, um, yeah, so one of the other songs that, that John Mark mentioned was Open Arms. And it, it's definitely about wanting to be having uh, someone that he cares about in his arms and how it's hard being away from not having her in his life and the house is empty. But it, again, if you said, does it, it doesn't necessarily even express anything that is of itself sinful it, because it definitely could be taken as a husband and a wife mm-hmm. um, rather than as two lovers or, or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not even aware of what other song he's talking about, but um, you can see how, okay, so that's one of the points. One of the points was, what's the intention? Yeah. Make sure, and is there room to interpret the intention in a way that isn't sinful? Yeah. Okay. What else? Well, you know, like you said, you know, it could be, you know, if I hear these lyrics and and my mind goes immediately into something of a sordid nature, and therefore it's going to tempt me into some kind of sexual fantasy or something like that, the problem is not necessarily the thing itself, that's maybe morally neutral, but but it was a near occasion of sin for me. So you mentioned earlier the wine. You know, wine is morally neutral for you know you and me and, and most of our listeners, but for someone who maybe is a, a recovering alcoholic, wine is a near occasion of sin potentially. So keep that away. And so you know, it's not it's not sinful as such for me to step into a bar, but if I'm a recovering alcoholic and I step into a bar, I mean, why would I go there? And, you know, for any other reason, you know, well, the food is good. Well, they serve the same food over at this other place. That's not a bar. You know, whatever the case may be, you're putting yourself in a near occasion of sin and you're weakening the will or that's already weak. And so that in itself is is uh, maybe a venial sin, but it's going to lead to a greater sin. And so if if um, if John Marker and, the, and these other guys go into, these, uh, go into this concert and they hear this lyric and they interpret it in a sexual way that leads them to a near occasion of sin, entertaining lust... That's that could be the problem, but like you mentioned, that's not John Mark. He's not getting overwashed with this, but that's another thing to consider. Right. Well, and let's let's talk about that one yeah. because this isn't just John Mark and Journey. Like this is so many parents mm-hmm. who have kids who are listening to music mm-hmm. and going to concerts. Yeah. And let's just say that I don't think there are going to be a lot of scantily clad teenage girls at Journey. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> uh, I actually found the concert online, so there's a full recording of the concert. So that's something that I've done to say, look, you can actually watch the concert just to kind of preview it to say, is there anything here that's going to be potentially like a near occasion of sin for you? And when I scrolled through it, it's a bunch of old guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> in yeah. both groups. Yeah. There's literally no girl on the stage at all. It's mm-hmm. just literally a bunch of old guys singing these tunes from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, granted, I didn't get to see a lot of the of the concert goers, but I'm just presuming that, you know, again, that they're going to be people that look a lot more like me than look like him, <laughs> you know, in terms of who's who's in attendance. Yeah. Okay. But with that said, um, near occasion of sin, I, one of the things I said to John Mark was, look, we talk about black, white, and then there's this gray area. And I said the gray area was, if if a gray area is what's a near occasion of sin, I said, well, then you can't go to work. Mm-hmm. And then you can't go to the mall. Right. You can't actually drive down most roads that have billboards. Yeah. Because you're going to bump into near occasions of sin almost anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Hang, I said, you can't even hang around with almost everybody you hang around with mm-hmm. who are actually quite moral, faith-filled people. Because you know what? They're going to say an off word that's a, maybe a swear word now and then. Or they're going to bring up a topic that isn't directly honoring to Christ. So I, I was saying to him that... You're going to have to live as a hermit. <laughs> you'll, I, said, lit, I said, literally, go in your room, shut the door, and I'll slide pizza under the door. Mm-hmm. Right, but not in the box because I don't want the box to be an occasion of sin for right. you. But you know, it's like you have to be in the world, but not of the world. Right. And you have to be in the world as salt, light, and leaven. Yeah. And you have to be able to be in the world, and um, and be able to to say, how can I arm myself to honor Christ? And and he's like, that's all well and good, but I'm choosing to go to the concert okay. versus I'm choosing to, you know. Like, I don't have to go to the public pool in the summer mm-hmm. where, you know, if there's just going to be, you know, girls, in girls dressed in, in string bikinis. Okay, right. yeah. And if he's driving down Sprague Avenue, he's not choosing that that billboard suddenly come at him. Yeah, and you he know, can avert his eyes. Yeah, and he can avert his eyes. Yeah, I see his distinction. That's a... Well, he's a pretty smart kid there, isn't he? <laughs> he's thinking Carrie, these when I was talking about this with Carrie, she's like, who is this son of <laughs> yeah. ours? You know? Yeah. And, and so I said to him, I said... So would it, would it make you, he said, what I don't want to do is go to the concert and feel like I'm going to end up going to confession afterwards because I've committed at least a venial sin. Mm-hmm. Or if I go knowing I'm going to commit a venial sin, then I'm presuming on God's mercy and now I've committed a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, who are you? Yeah. So I said, well, let me ask Father Lewis. <laughs> so honestly, and it yeah. was the idea is that I said, if, you, if I could get Father Lewis to sign off on it, to say... It's not the rapper that is singing about, you know, uh, prostitutes and, you know, talk about language and mm-hmm. and and dancing and, you know, in you know you you use the word sordid stuff, mm-hmm. which is just manifest everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's, That's not, not journey. journey. <laughs> That's not journey. And and we have proof it's not journey because you can watch the video. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, we're doing everything we can to try to set you up to say you're not falling into sin by doing this. You, yeah. You're 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 doing something that is innocent, and if it is a, a potential near occasion of sin, you can do things so that it doesn't become mm-hmm. an occasion of sin. Yeah. All right. So that was just the first one. So there are father, just to say, there are concerts where you would say. Uh, yeah, no, do not send, let your kids go to those concerts. Is yeah. that right? I would say so. I mean, I'm thinking now like the, the Super Bowl. 
I don't know if uh, the Super Bowl as such is is fine. It was uh, I was cheering for KC, so I was happy. <laughs> um, but that's that Super Bowl halftime show was was just abysmal. I think that um, it was sexually charged from start to finish. You know, scantily clad uh, wh- whoever was singing, um, and then the dance moves were were horrendously um, sexually ex- explicit. I think a lot of them. And that's a a greater, you know, worse near occasion of sin for the average person, I would suspect, than than Journey. You know. So what we did, mm-hmm. we, we we went to a Super Bowl party where we basically had an agreement with the other people at the party that um, we would pause the TV when it went to commercial, and then we would just wait, and then we'd skip over commercials and come yeah. back to the game. Yeah. And we turned the TV off during halftime. Yeah. So. That's what most people should have done. (laughs) Well, isn't that great? I mean, and that was, but you have to have a TV where someone has the ability to pause live TV. Right. And we're not that sophisticated around (laughs) here, but he did. And so it was like, everyone agreed. Mm -hmm. It was like, let's just keep all of the kids that are here away from unnecessarily unnecessary messaging coming across in commercials mm-hmm. or especially during the halftime show. Mm-hmm. So I have literally, I don't know who it was that sang yeah, because uh, I didn't literally even see one second of the halftime show. Yeah. So well, it was, it was awful. And I, I don't know why we didn't just turn off the TV when we were at a Super Bowl party, but we were just snacking over here and playing games or whatever. And, but in any event, um, <clears throat> you know, another, another factor that maybe is what John Mark is worried about, what a lot of other kids might worry about is I'm not tempted by this, but maybe my, my friend is, is going there lending, am I showing that I'm lending support to this? Is that causing the scandal? I suspect that's Absolutely. maybe John Mark's concern. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that's, that's something, I mean, but then, I mean, if, if, if you, if you're, if your um, if your concern is to avoid scandal, then it's it's you're you're really in the same pickle as my, the the problem is near occasions of sin because you, you might just have to become a hermit again because just the fact that you know you're standing outside on the on the deck here, let's say, are you are you lending support to the fact that uh, you know what I mean, whatever you can you can really contrive something in some well, instances. and that's what I said. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna squish down your life really right. really into a tiny ball, mm-hmm. but. Let's talk about this again. This is real life, folks. If you, you've got teenagers, mm-hmm. um, let's say the kids are going to go to a party where there's drinking and um, you know smoking marijuana and mm-hmm. and other th- and then hooking up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know that that's going to be happening at the party. Well, do you go to say I'm going to be in solidarity with my friend and help rescue him from stuff, or do I go because he wants to go because of the friends that he's going to be there, or do you say you know what can't do that? Right. So there, and that comes back to your intent, I would think. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, if if I if I were invited to a party like that, and um, I might, I'm going to have to discern. Okay, I'm going to go there, but that's because I'm going to find ways to proclaim Christ and to rescue some people, and that's bold <laughs> yep. because you're going to be the only one there, and um, and no one else is even thinking in that level. Um, or I might recognize if I go there, I'm going to be overwhelmed. I might just be part of the world now, not in the world only, but in and of the world. Or I might have to choose, I'm just not going to go. But then for me, I'm just thinking for me personally, if I choose not to go at all, I might be agonizing over, did I have a missed opportunity to proclaim Christ as salt, light, and leaven? 
or or am I exercising? Or am I fooling myself? Or am I exercising prudence, knowing right. that that was not the time and place, and I'm not the one to do it? I just know myself and my weakness. Yeah, you can see how the discernment really just is multifaceted. The, that indeed. gray thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's personal. It's both subject. It's a, to the subject. It's not just subjective, but it's also objective. I'm gonna tell you a story in a minute. Welcome back to the program. Today's program is called Living Discernment. So this is great, Father Lewis. I love this conversation. And and folks, again, this is this is like this is real life, and this is us trying to navigate stuff together. And I bring it up because I wanted your guidance, Father, but I also wanted folks to listen to be able to discern how are we parenting our kids, uh, our young adults, our teenagers, when it comes to things like accessing um, content on media, um, so music, videos, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, so when I was growing up, uh, one of my buddies converted. He returned to the Catholic faith. He was not practicing his faith. He was a, uh, He ended up saying he was an atheist, very smart, moral guy. But when he came back to the faith, he came back with fire and just on fire. So as like a sophomore in high school, um, uh, I was about to enter the seminary. Um, and we went to a party with just some college friends. And he stayed in the car. He drove with us to the party and said, I'm not going in. He stayed in the car while we went into the party. Wow. How's that? Yeah. Dang. And it was for him, I don't want to waste my time with that. If you guys want to go, that's fine, but I'm just going to wait out here. And let me tell you, we went in, but he was present. Do you know how he was present? Through his absence. Mm -hmm. Through his absence, he was present to us. And it was a bit of a, like... Sting in the conscience. Mm-hmm. Isn't that striking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's oh. now a discalced Carmelite monk. So <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, a friar. So and a priest. And so a holy man of God. Just a holy man of God. But boy, that was he was a guy who was like, You can go, that's fine. And you know, he wasn't afraid that I was gonna go get drunk, right? That wasn't my thing. Um, and I was with other friends mm-hmm. that were also again moral and, and living their Catholic faith. And it was fine on the one hand, but on the other hand, it was, I don't want to expose myself to that. I I don't need to expose myself to that. Why do you want to waste your life doing that? I'm just going to stay in the car and I'll pray. And I'm like, grumble, grumble, grumble. (laughs) You just ruined all my fun. (laughs) So we stayed for a while and then we ended up leaving, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, to be with him. So it was a really, how's that? Yeah. How's it get friends like that growing up? Yeah. I wish I had friends like that growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was that friend growing up. (laughs) So, um, so, all right. So let's, let's come back to help parents. Yeah. And um, so what you're saying is that uh, as far as you know, based on what you've heard about the fact that I actually have access to the entire concert. Mm-hmm. Like, a, here's a video of the tour at an earlier stop, beginning to end. So I can preview it. Mm-hmm. I've confirmed so far that there's nothing immoral. I'm not saying that there isn't a song that doesn't have more than allu- an allusion to immorality. But as far as you can see, there's no reason why John Mark shouldn't be able to go enjoy the concert. No, I don't think so. I, th- I think he'd be fine to go. In fact, he could make it into an opportunity of grace. That's the next point I was going to think about raising is that um, he could have, what if he had the same conversation after the concert, maybe they go out for milkshakes or ice cream or something afterwards, and they had a similar conversation 
around the table that that we're having now like you know what did you think about these lyrics or how would you interpret them and and they had a conversation like that and um for some of my friends in seminary we we actually did you know something that you know i don't know if i would let a young kid see the christopher nolan batman films they're pretty dark if not if they're not like explicitly gruesome but they're pretty dark i think they would be overwhelming for a preteen i think they're only rated pg-13 but i mean that's stretching it i mean so we would watch these movies, and um, and we watched the second one, the one with the Joker, and we get to the end of that one. I don't know if you ever seen this one, uh, but at the end of it, the uh, main protagonists are having this uh, conversation about uh, one of the good guys goes bad and he becomes two faced and all this. So anyway, that's going to be devastating for the people of Gotham City if it's found out that their hero, this DA, actually ended up being a villain. So we're going to choose to ignore that truth and, and manufacture this other truth for the sake of the people. Well, we came out of there thinking. What kind of morality is that? You're 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 thinking so everything is relative now for the purposes of what you need in the here and now. I mean, we saw a very utilitarian and uh, relativistic message in that, and we were pretty disgusted. We hated that movie, and so then the third one came out, and the repercussions of those decisions at the end of the second one came came home to roost at the beginning of the third one, and now we're like, now we get it. Like that wasn't the point that the filmmaker was doing. He was setting it up for the state for the conflict of the third one. And it, and it played brilliantly. So now I like the second one again because of where it was going. Yeah, as long as you watch the third one. Yeah, as long as you watch the third nice. one. Nice. Now I have permission but, to watch a third one. Yeah. All right. And uh, but I mean, the point of my story there is that is that you know objectively maybe we ought not have gone to that to that movie potentially, but but we made it into a we we made it into a moment of grace by having this conversation about the morality that the film was trying to depict. Um, now there's some there's you got, I think there's a line you could definitely draw earlier in seminary some friends wanted to watch this movie one friend wanted to watch this movie called Hostel. This is not a movie to watch. It's in the same category as like those saw films, these other ones that are just they're gross for the sake of gross. They're they're ultra violent for the sake of ultra violence and and he said, well, I think we should watch this and discuss its, mor- discuss its morality. I said, I can tell you the morality right now. It's awful. <laughs> so we did. It was awful. And I was right. And so that's something I can't unsee. So there, there's a line. Okay. I, so here's, here, let me tell you. Here's a true story. Uh-huh. Uh, when, when I first entered the seminary, it was VCRs. Uh-huh. Okay. So there wasn't no streaming services. Yeah. And so parents would... Um, send us or give to their kids, their, their young men in the seminary. This is the minor seminary. I'm a junior in college. And there was a room where we would put in these videotapes that they would tape a movie at home and then bring it in. And so we put in a tape, a videotape, right? And all of a sudden, this you're in a movie and you're watching the, we're watching the movie and it was like, okay, this is getting a little bit steamy. Okay, we don't think we should mm-hmm. be watching. And then the scene would go on. It would like disappear. Okay, it would be move on to the next scene, and it's like okay, now okay, we're back in safe territory. Now we get into the okay, this is a mm. little bit we don't know, and that happened a couple of times. And then literally, as we moved into like the next occasion of that, the the movie um, started to break up, and it was it was because you could reuse VHS tapes. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Uh-huh. Okay, so it was taping over another movie. Okay. The movie that was it was taped over appeared from underneath. The movie it had taped over was Jesus of Nazareth. Uh-huh. And the scene that appeared was the scourging at the pillar. Wow. I swear to you, this is what happened. That's a God moment. So that it appears, and then it disappears, and the movie comes back on. Let me tell you, 
The movie got turned off, the lights came on, and everybody left. We, we went on with our day. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, that's awesome. How striking is that? Mm-hmm. It's one of those, would you really watch this movie if you realized that Jesus was next to you? Mm-hmm. Would you watch this movie if you connected it to what Christ had done for you? Yeah. All of a sudden, that talk about shines a bright light on things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that actually happened in the seminary. That's pretty awesome. How cool is yeah. that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um I do think that there are also seasons. So um like for instance, John Mark um in his discovery of the mu- uh, music so kind of classic rock era, mm-hmm. 70s, 80s, Beatles. So he started to really like the Beatles. He learned more about the Beatles. And now he doesn't listen to the Beatles anymore. Yeah. What do you think of that? I uh yeah, it's the Beatles are an interesting group because of how dramatic dramatic their shift as a kind of a a group and their group culture, you know, through their very dramatic uh time together cuz the early Beatles was very similar to any of the others kind of kind of those peppermint pop, you know, yeah. songs from the 50s and 60s. Then they went crazy and then they went drug-addled crazy and um um, and, and I mean, and then religiously weird. Yeah, religiously weird. And some of their songs are some of them off, like that song "Imagine." What a terrible song! Right, and to it's the so popular. Yeah, yeah, it's so popular, but it's so terrible. But you know, there's another one though. It's "Hey Jude" that has beautiful lyrics. You know, at one point he's praying to Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listen to that song, but Mother Mary, come to me. Yeah. Um, let it be. I, no, that's let it be, not "Hey Jude." Let it be. Um, but anyway, so. I mean, yeah, the Beatles, yeah, they're an interesting group, but um, I mean, that whole era, I mean, so much of their writing was, you know, addled with, uh, you know, drug fueling and all the rest, and so um, should you just discount the whole darn thing because of that? I don't, yeah. Well, and then last one, and we're running out of time, and we should talk more about this on another occasion. Um, So now we have access to streaming, and so the middle has that Patricia Heaton Oh, she's mm-hmm. like a Catholic. Yeah, very strong. And it's Catholic. you know, it seems like it's a pretty you know not going to be so inappropriate, but they take the Lord's name in vain, hmm. and it, it started to really bother us. And yeah. it's like you know we're not going to watch this anymore. Yeah. Even though it's funny and it's uh, it's darling, and you don't have sex scenes, you don't have swearing and mm-hmm. all that. But then wait a minute, you have the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. That unfortunately ruins the whole thing. Yeah. So. Folks, this is something that, again, I, we just kind of walked with you through um, you know, a living situation. And Father Lewis, I appreciate your willingness to take this on yeah. live, which was so cool. Yeah. Well, the, um, key, the key really quick, you know, conversations with your kids, that's where all this can come to light, just like you're having with John Mark. Mm-hmm. You can really discuss any of these things, but open and honest conversations with your kids. Yeah, and sometimes you do have to lay down the law and say i love you enough not to let you listen to that music watch those shows go to those concerts or hang around with those people because i'm i have a responsibility to help you to lead provide and protect you as a parent and i love you that i love you that much so all right thanks for lewis i appreciate the time yeah you bet all right god bless you all join me tomorrow for more sun insight